The GameCube with School podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. You can help support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube is cool to find our $1 and $5 a month tier. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $5 or above level for the month of March. I Rebel, Jem McKay, Dan Wagner, and Kirsten Cardinal. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 45 of the GameCube is cool podcast. My name is Neil. I'll be joined later by my co-host, Mike Lane. We tried to time this episode so that it would uh, line up with the start of the baseball season, but unfortunately we had a few episodes that we had to get out of the way first, so this one's going to be about a week or two late, but that's okay. For now, I'm going to read the back of the cases of all the games, since we have seven games that we're covering today, and we don't want to break up the flow too much. So, without further ado, let's get started. It's time to read what's on the back of the case. There's things written on the back of the case. Let's read them. And now we're reading The Back of the Case. First up, we have All-Star Baseball 2002, Where the Stars Play. Hall of Fame team, play as your favorite players from the past like Nolan Ryan, Reggie Jackson, and Yogi Berra. New and remodeled stadiums, create your own All-Star experience at the 2001 All-Star Sefeco Field. Improved user control, check swings for those uncertain strikes, and a CPU defense assist option for full player control. Never before seen broken bats. Watch your favorite players split wood on those fast inside strikes. Innovative 3D batting and pitching interface. Gain pinpoint controls for your pitchers or angle the batting cursor to slap one into the gap for extra bases. Following up, we have All-Star Baseball 2003, where the stars play. Game modes include exhibition, season, career, all-star game, series, manager, home run derby, and batting practice. Official player trading cards, collect, trade, and unlock cheats. Three-man broadcast booth, get all the calls and analysis from Fox Sports announcers Thom Brenneman, Steve Lyons, and World Series manager Bob Brindley. Next we have Home Run King. Going? Going? Gone. From the first pitch on opening day to the final out of the World Series, Home Run King brings all the fun and excitement of Major League Baseball to the Nintendo GameCube. Batter up! Take to the field with your favorite MLB stars or create your own players and teams from scratch. Slug it out in four game modes, exhibition, season, playoffs, and home run derby. Pick up and play controls means you'll be smashing records and setting new ones in no time. And then we had All-Star Baseball 2004. The deepest baseball simulation available just got deeper for 2003. The most realistic player animations, improved fielding, throwing, and base running, over 50 playable teams, more than 80 new features and improvements including complete front-end overhaul, 9 new game modes including scenario mode, pickup game mode, deeper, more customizable franchise mode, over 110 retired legends of Major League Baseball, and Negro Leagues including Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Ty Combe, Cal Ripken, Satchel Paige, John Gibson, and Buck O'Neill. Next up we had MVP Baseball 2004. Features EA Sports Pure Swing System. You are in complete control of the batter's box with the innovative EA Sports Pure Swing System. EA Sports Big Play Control. Rob home runs. Hook slide to avoid tags and run over the catcher at home with EA Sports Big Play Control. Cooperstown Collection. With legendary players, retro uniforms, and classic stadiums, you have more options than ever. Tour the Miners. Play your way around the farm system with every AAA and AA minor league team. 120 season dynasty mode. Build your franchise on all levels, then play, sim, or manage your teams all the way to the title. Following up, we have MVP Baseball 2005. See it all with the EA Sports Hitter's Eye. All new EA Sports Hitter's Eye. Take unprecedented control of each at-bat. Read the pitch, then analyze each swing with the Hitter's Eye replay. 
Enhanced big play control. Turn two with surgical precision. Climb the fence to rob a home run. Lay out to snare a hot shot and more. Create a ballpark. Build a hitter's paradise with intimate short porches or a pitcher's dream with an unreachably deep outfield wall. Build an empire. Controlled every aspect of your organization, including personnel decisions, ticket and concession prices, and more in all new owner mode. New spring training mode. Master the fundamentals and fine-tune your skills with all new spring training minigames. And finally, we have Major League Baseball 2K6. The only MLB experience with an edge. Inside edge. Three years of actual scouting reports and analysis. Literally built into every player, every pitch, and every swing of the bat. Swing stick. A revolutionary new hitting feature that gives you total control of your swing. Lay down the bunt. Check your swing or unleash your power stroke with simple, intuitive analog control. World Baseball Classic Mode. The epic new international baseball tournament is exclusively captured. All 16 teams, logos, and uniforms, as well as the authentic all-world tourney structure. Pure motion physics. All new physics engine brings running, throwing, fielding, tagouts, and player-to-player -player collision animations to life with more detail and variation than ever before. VIP system. Virtual Identity Profile allows you to save your friend's profile to compete when they're not available. Learn their tendencies, moves, and logic for more heated battles. Oh, that was a long one. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging in. If you did, I really appreciate it. I like doing these still. The sports ones are kind of repetitive, but it's still fun. Very excited to talk about baseball today with my best friend Mike. This is actually how we met back in 2001 when we were on the same baseball team. So this might be a, an episode with uh, quite a few Mike and Neil memories. So without further ado, Mike and Neil, take it away. The GameCube, GameCube was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. That's why I'm probably never going to do an April Fool's joke again. Mike, I'm having a huge identity crisis right now. I don't know what our Instagram page is called anymore. We changed back everything except for the name. It's okay. Finally, as of yesterday, I think we are at the GameCube pod. It might actually be the day that this episode goes live that we're able to change it back. <laughs> I checked it today, and I mean, this gives away when we're recording, but I tried to change it just to see if like there was any sort of update, and it just said, you have eight business days <laughs> until you can... <laughs> so I have to wait eight more days until we can uh, change it back. So hopefully that no one steals our domain. I swear, if you steal our domain, there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> there's nothing we can do except come up with another name for our instagram page <laughs> the gamecube was cool pod the gamecube pod cool uh, i'm just gonna add an exclamation point to it or something oh, like it's not gonna one. be that hard it's not gonna be that hard to yeah oh yeah that, that hidden exclamation the characters of the world that make everybody's passwords slightly more powerful but it's not the gamecube was cool hmm. but maybe it's the gamecube was cool maybe we're gonna cap you don't know where i'm gonna put that exclamation point the gamecube was Cool. Yeah, the emphasis on was. That's <laughs> Well, that's when Victor did our intro many, many uh, months ago when I asked him to do the intro for us. Uh, he gave me a bunch of different versions, and they're all with different intonations. It's pretty funny. Mm, yeah, it does It does make a difference to a sentence where the, uh, where the um, 
the emphasis is. Yeah, uh, when you say it like fast, you know, then it sounds mm-hmm. like you're you're being pretentious. The GameCube is cool. Yeah, it, it's like it, it's like from Seinfeld when Jerry's like, did he say it like, why would Jerry bring anything, or why would Jerry bring anything? <laughs> <laughs> See the notice, and it's like I think he emphasized wood. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. It's important. It makes all the difference in the world. <laughs> Mike, games on disc. Now, I love physical media, as do you, of course, mm-hmm. but I got to say, have you ever come close or have you actually ever just snapped a disc taking it out of the case? Yes, actually. I don't you have. Yeah, yeah. Not not a oh. GameCube uh, disc, but but a DVD. Okay. Uh, I'm trying okay. to remember what DVD that was. Uh, I'm okay. leaning towards the day after tomorrow. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> worth it. But but I, I do remember snapping a uh, a dvd before Ooh, yeah it's got to be terrifying i'm always scared as hell taking a disc out of a, a game case especially the gamecube ones they're very tight I, I i forget what game i was taking out of the case it might have been shot of the colossus when we were recording for the playstation podcast but uh i was taking it out of the case and i was like this disc is not going to make it like it was <laughs> bending a solid 40 degrees into the air just not going to make it yeah <laughs> why do they pack them so tight like that like it's terrifying sometimes it's, you, it's yeah. terrifying and i was Today you're years old. Well, not really, but I, re- it was somewhat recently that I learned that you can actually pop out the GameCube disc w- in the middle. You can just touch that part and it pops out without you having having to to pull it off. I guess that's in the console itself, though, not the case, right? Yes, that's the console itself, which is yeah, you know, yeah. but but yeah, the case obviously is is difficult. The worst is when it does get like when you have a brand new disc and it mm-hmm. is stuck, and yeah. you you really don't know like. How far am I going to go with this? Because right, <laughs> there's no there's no like rule on how far you can bend that disc before it snaps. And I've come <laughs> close to some discs looking like they're going to shatter. So you've never snapped a disc? I not to my knowledge. No, I don't think I've ever broken a disc at all. I might have broken CDs because they're mm. basically worthless now. But <laughs> not not taking them out of the case though. I don't think I've ever broken anything taking it out of the case. Now that I think about it, but I've come very close, and I've had thoughts of just this is not going to make it. I, I remember a kid in elementary school broke his Game Boy Color uh, cartridge for Pokemon Ow. Red, I think. Uh, I think he, like, dropped it somewhere. I, I don't oh. really, again, fuzzy memory. It was, like, 1998. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <Okay>. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I do remember him, like, crying, and it's like, ah, yeah. loser. <laughs> <laughs> Take better care of your stuff, kid. I thought you meant that he broke it, like, taking it out of his Game Boy. Like, he must have really wanted to rage quit playing Pokemon Red. <laughs> I almost like I almost want to say that he he broke it putting it in his Game Boy. Wow, I think you might break the Game Boy before you broke the game. Those games are ma- meant to last, man. Those Game Boy games, you could fire those out of a cannon; they'd probably still work. I gotta give credit to the GameCube packaging because mm-hmm. those packages, although you know, the disc was often hard to get out, those packages yeah. were were sturdy. You know, can, yeah. and I think they did that as a deliberate attempt to go against the N64 and Game Boy Advance era packaging, which was just this cardboard, basically. Yeah, this was also <laughs> in the era where people didn't give a flying you-know-what about wasting plastic. <laughs> yes. So there was no such thing as just low plastic, low waste, single-use plastic is is bad. That was not a thing in the late 90s, early 2000s. And now when you look at a game case, they're flimsy. They, they just blow in the wind like there's nothing to them anymore. I remember when the Wii U came out and I first held a Wii U game case. And I was like, what? This this isn't made of anything. Oh, like speaking they're... of discs, so that's mm. that's one thing I gotta give the U, Wii U credit for is uh, I don't know if you know this, Neil, but like on the sides of the oh, Wii U disc, it's very smooth. Yeah, feels like, good. Yeah, have you ever come across a disc that's like that? I think that's the no, only it... one. 
It's the best feeling disc you'll ever find. Yeah. I don't know. Wh- Why did they do that? It's and- not a Blu-ray disc. I don't know what it is. It's a. Oh yeah, uh, it's true. It's it's their own. Di- it's right because it, or it is a Blu-ray disc, but it doesn't. But yeah, it's their own like. Uh, yeah, intellectual property. Or whatever, Thank yeah. you. That's what I was thinking. I don't know what it, it's made of, but it does feel very nice. The Wii U discs on the sides. Yeah, I don't like know. it's smooth, and I've mm-hmm. it's I've never never felt uh, a disc like that before or since. So. And then they made uh, game cartridges for the Switch that taste like piss if you eat them. So they went the complete opposite route there <laughs> a friend of the show harrison did indeed uh, uh lick his finger after to to see if i was lying when uh, <laughs> when i told him that out of discs... context that sounds terrible <laughs> <laughs> the discs were like lead tasting basically or i don't know what they taste like but the cartridges yeah the, the cartridges they're, sorry. They're, there's something chemical to them to keep kids from eating them and, that was and their pets. excuse and pets yeah that was the that was the excuse that they made i don't know if it's true it's probably just a cheap plastic or it something. didn't stop harrison <laughs> that was that was a trend for a while people were just eating cartridges to see what they tasted like <laughs> i mean it is true that because i because it's it's very i would have thought that was a myth too until mm-hmm. like and he was like oh my god <laughs> that wasn't even a myth that was day one like <laughs> the day the switch came out i remember everyone's like breath of the wild's great have you tried tasting one of the cartridges <laughs> that was like the day one news when the switch came out well that's a, that's just a ritual you know i i i put in i i take out the cartridge I, I look at it i admire it i taste it mm-hmm. and i put it in the yep. game yeah that's like, right console you twist it you dunk it you, what's the oreo <laughs> you bop phrase? it you bop <laughs> it twist it pull it taste it those are the four things you do with the bop it <laughs> classic toy speaking of video games mike we have a our first ever patreon opening topic this one comes from jem mckay jem says hey there so in terms of an opening topic i was thinking of a reflection on the year of lockdown gaming we've just reached the one year anniversary of our intermittent lockdown here in the uk same in Canada. Mm-hmm. And I can confidently say that I've played more video games these 12 months than I was when I was a teenager at school. That's it. So, Mike, let's uh, go back one year. It's been 12 months mm-hmm. since we started the the lockdown, March 13th, 2020. What, what's your gaming uh, history looking like this last year? Have you played more games than you did in high school or replaying gamecube games obviously we've been doing this year a ton of but any new games let's let's go back i played a lot more games hours in games i should say than Mm -hmm. anything i haven't started a lot of new games but the games that i have played i've put in like at least 100 hours each Uh, yeah you got animal crossing which took a ton of time at the beginning for you animal crossing was big uh playing obviously the gamecube games that that i've kind of re-gotten into you know i probably put close to 20 30 hours into wind waker uh playing right. that uh mm-hmm. and and obviously sunshine and other games that we've got uh, played night fire i played a lot of night fire before we uh yeah. we did that again yeah. uh i play a game called wingspan a lot which is a i'm i really that like that game it's a kind of a card strategy game it's it's a board game that they made into a, a switch game uh the mm. board game is extremely expensive friend of the show jake owns it and cool. I played it at his house uh, one time, and I was like, wow, this is a fantastic game. And uh, mm. then it came out on Switch uh, New Year's Day this year, and oh. I've been playing it ever since. It's fantastic. So Sweet. put about at least 100 hours into that. Now, you like to play a lot of online multiplayer games. Not a lot, but you're more into the online multiplayer scene than me, aren't you? I, like... Yeah, I, I guess more than you. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't take much. I, I don't have... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> None of my co- – literally, I don't have a PlayStation uh, – what's it called? Subscription. PSN, yeah. I think – PSN. I think my Nintendo one has expired, uh, so I yeah, don't have I any play a way. Lot of, I play a lot of the show. I play a lot of FIFA yeah. with friends, right? So 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess that, that that probably has been huge for a lot of people in lockdown is playing games online. I'm much more of a couch co-op multiplayer guy. I mean, we play Smash Bros together. We used to play uh, Smash Bros together and Nightfire. So the past year, I mean, I was I was just like Jem. Uh, the first month or so, I was I was playing video games nonstop because <laughs> it was just like it's like being a kid on summer vacation yeah, again. Yes. Like you said, as a teenager. Uh, so. Earlier in the pandemic, my memories go, I instantly picked up Resident Evil 2 Remake. And now that I was home, uh, I, I played it. I think I played that last Easter, like last Easter of 2020. So that was the perfect yeah. Easter weekend game to play, <laughs> Resident Evil 2, and uh, completely adored it. I played one of my favorite games of last year, which was Twin Breaker, mm-hmm. uh, which was the indie game, sort of the uh, the, uh, the brick-breaking brick breaker, game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I talked about that in our end-of-the-year wrap-up, which yeah. was really fun. And then Last of Us Part Two, uh, picked up that one pretty soon I after well. launch yeah yeah we we love last of us part two last year and that was right around the time i think was when we started the podcast and once we started this podcast i took a pretty big break break from playing games other than gamecube games <laughs> i wasn't really playing anything new um i remember playing pikmin uh, a bunch of times for that episode yeah uh, nightfire for the nightfire episode so it's been mostly since the podcast started i've just been playing gamecube games uh and and games to talk about on the podcast yeah uh, a few remakes in there like pod racing on switch was a ton of fun uh and then the tony hawk remakes later last year uh love tony hawk one and two and then brings us up to this year where you little nightmares two. how many times can i talk about that um, but I'm really just starting to get to the point where, uh, I'd, I'd just want to get together and play games with people again. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, I think we're all kind of feeling that. And, uh, uh for me, yeah. I, I find that like playing those kind of games, those like long kind of, you can just sit down and, and play them whenever, um, mm-hmm. those, those are really helpful. I, I think during like a lockdown or during, during a pandemic, cause you know, I, yeah. we all work from home. I, I get bored after a while of doing work and right. i want to just sit down and play a couple of quick games of whatever yeah. whether it's fifa whether it's mlb whether it's animal crossing or whether it's wingspan it's nice to just kind of take that that half hour break play a game and then go back and yeah. i think that's kind of how the last year has been for me mostly with gaming you know mm-hmm. besides playing last of us uh, part two but yeah no thank you for yeah. that uh, that question Jim. really appreciate yeah. the uh the support so far and uh yeah, yeah. please uh let us know on whatever platforms what uh what you played <laughs> during, yeah. Yeah. during what this it- pandemic yeah, I'd love to hear what everyone's playing. And I have I said this at the beginning of the pandemic, and I'm going to say it now. When we're out of all this, there's no excuse. No one should have a backlog anymore after this pandemic. You should have gone back and played whatever it is that you wanted to play. So all spoilers are off the table starting whenever everyone's been vaccinated. We can spoil whatever we want. Uh, you've had tons of time to play all of your Kingdom Hearts or whatever crap you wanted to play during the pandemic. Uh, I've been going back to play Game Boy Advance games that I missed. Oh, yeah, Sekiro. That's what I did. I finally got Sekiro off my... There you go. That's a game that I put almost 100 hours in Sekiro. (laughs) Right, right. Shadows Die Twice. (laughs) You could forget. That was on my backlog for literally years because I avoided it because I knew I was going to get wrecked in it. And I did. Hmm. Yeah, but you were at home and you didn't have to worry about you know staying up late because of work and oh i stayed up late (laughs) (laughs) no work got done those days no (laughs) yeah so no more backlogs everybody you've had your chance you still have a few more months get those games done because we're going to spoil everything (laughs) all right mike uh i think it's time to move on to our new favorite segment it's time for the mailbag Ladies and gentlemen, you can write your reviews into the GameCube was Cool podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or uh, Patreon now. Uh, wherever you find us, uh, we will read it on the show. 
just like. Mike, why don't you start us off today? Do you have a, a positive comment for us today? Yeah, I have this uh, amazing review that came to us from Benjamin, uh, and his was very touching, very nice. It's cool. a long one, so I'll, I'll just read certain segments of it. But okay. um, he says, hi, guys, longtime listener, first time writer. I started listening to you around episode three and have been loving every episode. I'm sorry that you had to listen to those first. Uh, I'm, I'm going back now to find out what episode three even was. I'm scared to look. It was the FIFA one. Oh, OK, cool. Yeah, that was actually a pretty good episode. That was actually a really good episode. Yeah. We really hit our stride around episode 30. <laughs> uh, I am a bit older than you all. The GameCube released a few months before my 15th birthday. But Ooh. the GameCube has always been my favorite console since I opened it up on uh, and uh, got Melee. Uh, on Christmas nice. morning of 2001, which is, that's an awesome Christmas that's morning. It's an amazing Christmas. <laughs> Basically, uh, and he talks about how, you know, uh, like a lot of us, uh, didn't really fit in with crowds growing up. Hmm. Uh, but around the age of 15, um, right after the GameCube came out, I said, screw this, and just started being myself and embracing my inner nerd. This <laughs> led to me forming some amazing friendships with fellow GameCube nerds in my school, which turned into lifelong friendships. Many weekends were spent playing Melee, Soul Calibur 2, WarriorWare, or Mario Party at a friend's house. Hmm. Which is, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, warrior wear, always good. Yep. Um, and uh, to wrap it up, uh, he says, I appreciate your podcast. I have not had an easily, easy lot in life and face a lot of challenges, health issues, and other things. But I'm constantly looking back at the good times for a sense of comfort. And the GameCube is exactly that. Currently slowly rebuilding my collection. And I am loving the thrill of getting a new GameCube game to play. The most recent edition was Dragon Ball Z Budokai 2. Hmm. Keep up the great work, guys. Sweet. Benjamin. Wow, thank you so much, Benjamin. That was a really nice letter. And, and you know, not being good in crowds, I mean, in normal times, that was that was tough. But now, I mean, like, I think we're thriving. People that don't do well in crowds are absolutely enjoying these times. So uh, <laughs> it sounds like you've got a great uh, great head on your shoulders and uh, you're going to pull out okay. And there's there's tons of great communities online out there for, for folks like us who just enjoy nerding out, playing video games, <laughs> and collecting for the GameCube. Um, so welcome welcome to the community thank you so much for listening to us again since episode three that's uh, terrific <laughs> and uh we hope to only get better from here i just that's one thing i really do love about video games in that sense that you really can make a connection with literally anyone mm -hmm. uh because everyone has been touched by some way of a gaming memory mm -hmm. you know we had uh you know many episodes ago we had uh jess on for crash bandicoot and just, you know, she she admittedly was someone who did not really grow up with video games that much, did not play them, and doesn't really play them much now. Right. But she had such, you know, fond and vivid memories of playing Crash with her siblings. Mm -hmm. uh, and had, you know, immediately was able to just, you know, spout out all these memories and all these things that were in those games. Um, and, you know, that kind of, that, that always makes me happy. Yeah, me too. I mean, kids growing up from our generation, you can tie almost any childhood memory like a, a sleepover or a family get together there was almost always a game of some kind on the yeah. tv uh and that's the game that you're going to tie to that night you know whatever you've rented from blockbuster that's yeah. the game that you had it might have been a great game like wind waker or smash bros it might have been something completely off off the wall like some spin-off crash game so yeah, really really cool <laughs> yeah yep yep Yep. But Mike, today's a day that we're going to talk about some games that you and I remember very fondly and around a sport that you and I both remember very fondly, which is baseball games. 
That's right. Good yeah. old baseball games. The good old baseball game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 45 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet, <laughs> not PlayStation. We're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. Visit thegamecubewascool.com to check out all the things we've been working on. The website was developed by our very own Mike Lane. That's me. That's you. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash the GameCube podcast. Every dollar helps us grow the show, but supporters at the $5 or above level get their names read in the credits and the option to submit an opening topic. Last week, we covered Ikaruga and Odama, just a few weird GameCube exclusives. Great episode. This week, we are covering MLB and a bunch of other baseball games on the Nintendo GameCube. I think we're covering six or seven games all in all today, Mike. Yes, seven games on the GameCube, and that's just in North America, because there are a ton of Japanese uh, exclusive baseball mm -hmm. games that we will not be covering today, but we will bring them up at some point in a bonus episode down mm -hmm. the line about, you know, we'll just talk about games that weren't on the GameCube uh, in North America, but that's a whole right. other thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other day entirely. <laughs> Obviously, there's games in Japan that didn't come out here, games in Europe, and vice versa, mm -hmm. so that's just the nature of being a video game fan, is that uh, there's region-locked games. Especially in the early 2000s. Especially in the early 2000s, absolutely. Uh, and in the early 2000s, Mike, you and I, we played baseball. That's actually how we met back in 2001. We were on the same rookie ball team. Our team was called the Red Sox. Do you remember that? Of, oh, of course. <laughs> how could I forget? Uh, well, de I'll definitely post the, a picture of, of, <laughs> oh, of us or put it on our story. I do have a picture of us on the 2001 team. <sighs> cool. uh, and uh, we should do it. I can... I always like to show it to people and be like, "Can you find? Can you find Mike and Neil? Because that's Fat Neil." Yeah, that's Chubby Neil. I mean, most people and <laughs> listeners don't know what I look like now, but there was a no. time when I was—I probably weigh the same as I did then. I probably weigh the same now. <laughs> Just quite a bit taller now. So yeah, that, that's that's how we met, and uh, so we we played baseball together for a couple of years there, and mm -hmm. baseball was one of the first things that we bonded over, and then eventually hockey, and of course the GameCube. Before we start talking about the games, though, I just want to ask you one question: uh, sure. What would be your walk-on song if you were uh, an MLB baseball player? You're going up to bat. What would be the song that you walk on to? Thank you for asking that, Neil. Yeah, it's been uh, years in the making for me to ask you that. Years in the making. So obviously, a uh, one pick would definitely be Roland. Uh, okay. Or really just anything off of uh, the hot dog flavored water. Yeah. Uh, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water by Lynn Biscuit. Sure. One of the uh, great seminal albums of the early 2000s. <laughs> the only album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I feel that might be a little played, might be done, you know, with NHL hits. Uh, so... Uh, mm -hmm. For me, uh, my honest answer would actually be uh, to walk on to um, Streetlight Manifesto's We Will Fall Together. Oh, wow. A ska song. That That's very un, un, uh, uncommon in baseball stadiums. <laughs> Usually it's <laughs> – if I have to hear Crazy Train one more time at a baseball game, <laughs> I swear, man. I do have a, good, a funny story with walk-on songs. So there's a uh, – went to L.A. Dodgers game two years ago. Mm -hmm. See the Dodgers in L.A. It was a great game. And there was a catcher uh, by the name of Will Smith. And, of course, he walked on to the Fresh Prince theme song. Nice. Okay. Uh, now, uh, you know, that was funny. Uh, that was, I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, by the second time, he came up to bat and that played. Uh, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Let's do it again. <laughs> yeah, by the fifth time he went up that night, it had gotten so old. So yeah. I, I can't imagine <laughs> yeah. what that's like for, for him to hear that every single time. You have to be very careful with the song that you pick. For some reason, every time – the uh, the Jays, you and I, Mike and Neil, we record from Toronto. Uh, I forget which 
Jay it was. And every time for years, like for six or seven years, it was remember Gasolina, that song? <laughs> oh my god. It was that song. And like yeah. that song was popular in two thousand five, two thousand six. <laughs> it was like twenty fourteen. <laughs> That song was still being played before some. I forget who it was. It wasn't Jose Bautista, but it was somebody. Someone, yeah. It was someone who was on the team for a while, and I was like, "Is that Gasolina still? Like, what's going on here?" Oh, also, my 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 third pick. I know I'm not. I'm only supposed to. Have I haven't one, even but... picked one. <laughs> <laughs> but my third pick would be Sandstorm. The entire, oh. uh, the entire six minute song. Okay, that's a that's a <laughs> that's a bold choice. Yeah, you have to wait for the song to end. Everyone has to wait in the stadium. <laughs> Up to that. Number eleven. Mike Lane. But then it just keeps and then it just keeps going and then I'm just standing there in the battering the batter circle. You're just like swinging the bat with those donuts on the bat. Got to practice with a heavier bat, you know. But yes, yes, Neil. What what would your pick be? My pick would be that no one's gonna know this, but there's a Super Nintendo game called Separation Anxiety. It's the sequel to Maximum Carnage, and there's boss fight music that I would walk onto. It would just be this. Up to bat, number 17, Neil Roberts. I think it's going up to the cool part. Okay, I hit the yeah. boost pretty well there. Yeah, that, 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 that's part of the music. There's like there's like an intro to that, which didn't play, but it, I play that in my mind whenever I'm walking into... Whenever I'm walking, I'll just play that song in my mind sometimes because it feels kind of badass. So I think that would be my walk-on song. No one would get it. Except me. Well, well, I do have a team. I have our softball team in the show, all all created. Oh. Uh, so I, I should, I'll, I'll, I'll put you in there, and I'll give you, you that walk on song. Great, if you can find it, that would be really cool. If you can, friend Thank of the you. show, Marty has some interesting ones. Uh, yeah. I think he has All Star as one of them. Uh, he has uh, uh, Merle Haggard's "Mama Tried," <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think he has. Uh, something else, something stupid. Oh, oh, it's Landslide by the Dixie Chicks. Nice. That's not an intense song at all, but I can see how that would work. It's also his home run song. <laughs> home run song. That's another question entirely. We'll think about mm-hmm. that one for a later episode. Mike, before we get started with our games for today, I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about Nintendo's uh, history with baseball, specifically the Seattle Mariners. Did you want to cover that before we jump into the games? I would love to cover that, Neil. Yeah, it's such a random fact that most people don't know this, but Nintendo actually, or specifically Nintendo's president, Hiroshi Yamauchi, uh, purchased uh, controlling or purchased a majority stake in the Seattle Mariners, their baseball team, back in 1992 uh, to keep the Seattle Mariners in Seattle. There was uh, rumors that they were going to be moving to to another city. They were going to move to Tampa Bay, actually. And... uh, and Nintendo being headquartered in Seattle, they, Japan are very, uh, they're heavily, Japan love baseball, is what I'm trying yes. to say. <laughs> uh, yeah, Japan loves baseball, and Nintendo, I mean, uh, Hiroshi wasn't a huge baseball fan, but I believe it was his son-in-law was, and they they just wanted to see if they could buy the, uh, the Seattle Mariners, and there was a bit of uh, controversy around that at the time, since back in the 90s, there weren't any Japanese owners of any Major League Baseball teams. So uh, eventually they did end up uh, buying a majority stake in the Seattle Mariners. And uh, up until actually quite recently, uh, I believe it was 2016, Nintendo retained major ownership in the Seattle Mariners. Yep. So, yeah, they were they were the major owner until, yeah, just quite recently. 
Yeah, so just a weird history or weird piece of Nintendo's history that uh, folks out there might not know about. And actually, if you went to a Seattle Mariners game when they were the owners, uh, you would see a lot of ads for Mario and the Wii and uh, I guess the Wii U as well. Uh, It was almost like going to like a big Nintendo store. Yeah, I unfortunately went to the Seattle Stadium uh, just a bit after Mm -hmm. uh, Nintendo had sold it. But uh, yeah, it, uh, it's kind of cool because another wrinkle in that is the fact that there's Kenny Griffey's baseball or um, whatever. I think it's just called yep. Kenny Griffey's MVP baseball. Yep. But um, uh, and he was kind of like the, the main guy for that. And Ken Griffey, of course, was on the Mariners on Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, kind of all plays into Nintendo's plan there. And uh, yeah, I mean, great investment because they definitely would have sold it for way more than they bought it. Yeah, they eventually sold most of their stocks on the team. Uh, mm-hmm. Currently, the the team, 90% is owned by John Stanton and uh, Nintendo owns the remaining 10%. So they still have a small stake in the team, yeah. but not nearly as much as they did up until 2016. It's funny, like, entertainment companies owning sports teams, like Disney owning the Ducks, the yeah. Anaheim Mighty Ducks uh, in the, the 90s, and yeah, Nintendo obviously owning the Mariners. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a bit of a, it's a, I feel that's, that is a very 90s kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it, you haven't seen it recently. I wonder what the next no. one will be. It'll be kind I, of interesting. I don't think there will be one, to be <laughs> honest. We'll see. We'll see. But, uh, Mike, I think now's probably a good time to cover some of the GameCube games, the baseball GameCube games, that is. Of course. Yes, I think we should dive right into it. Let's do it. All right. Sounds good. So starting off today, let's uh, kick it off with Home Run King, which was released on March 18th, 2002. This game was developed by WoW Entertainment as well as Lava Storm. It was uh, partially developed by both studios, published by Sega. Uh, this game is only on GameCube as well as mobile phones, actually. <laughs> uh, priced today, it's around $9. I actually found a sealed copy on eBay for $45. Ooh. I can't imagine holding on to a GameCube <laughs> game for 19 years only to lose money on that investment. That's that's going to suck. <laughs> It's a uh, it rates sixty six on Metacritic and uh, on the cover we have Jeff Bagwell. Oh, that's who it was. Uh, yes, I saw I saw it was Houston, yeah. and I was tr- I was mm-hmm. gonna try and guess who it was. I was, I was gonna say Craig Biggio, but I know it's not. Uh, or I was gonna say Lance Berkman. Ah, I was gonna say Derek Jeter, but that was wrong. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll be right soon. <laughs> <laughs> He'll come up once or twice in the in the next couple of games we're talking about. Uh, but yeah, so this is uh, one of the first baseball games on the GameCube. It came out not long after the console came out. Uh, published by Sega, this makes me think that it was probably meant to be a Dreamcast game and was ported yeah. to GameCube uh, at the last minute. Actually, if you look at the menus and everything for the game, it's, it very much looks like a Dreamcast game, just based on the way the menus work. Yeah, the they UX look very, is very Dreamcasty. Yeah, very bubbly and colorful and poppy. Just feels like summer. I, I just associate Dreamcast with warm weather. I don't know why. But uh, Home Run King, I've never played this one before. I have no experience with it. I was looking at some gameplay leading up to this episode, and I got to say, I know that like it's not part of the game, but this has got to be one of the worst audience animations I've ever seen in a, in a video <laughs> game before. Yeah, it looks very like 1992 yeah. uh, in terms of their audience. I don't know why it's so... Uh... Uh, it looks like like a, just a giant wave of texture. Yeah, like there are characters moving on the screen, but they're all moving at the exact same time. Like it looks like NES level graphic. I don't know. It's not that bad, but it, I don't know. It just looks very poor for a game. Not super early in sports development. Um, it's 2002. Like we, we've seen a lot of arcade sports games at this point. We've had games on the PlayStation 1, which look better than this mm-hmm. probably. Um but yeah, uh, that was just my first take on the game when I when I uh, when I first saw it. 
Yeah, yeah, it's uh, one thing, actually, my first take on the game was how slow it is. I don't know mm. if you noticed this, Neil, but it's very slow moving. Yeah. Uh, and because I was reading how, uh, because again, I've never played it as well, but it really mm. feels like the game was supposed to be arcadey, but the developers like didn't get the message. <laughs> <laughs> like because it's marketed as an as an arcadey twist on baseball, right. but it's clearly like meant to be like development wise a realistic simulation yeah. mm-hmm. uh, of it. And it you know the graphics of the people look pretty good. Yep. But uh, yeah, it just feels very slowed down. Very um... well. The title of the game. The title of the game makes me think that it's supposed to be a casual baseball game. Like it makes it makes it sound like it's a yes. it's a home run derby game. Yes, exactly. Which is arguably the most fun part of baseball. And later on, baseball games did get or did put a lot more emphasis on the home run aspect of the games, especially mini games and side games and whatnot. But just the title of the game doesn't make it sound like it's meant to be a game like uh, MVP baseball or or, or all-star baseball. This does make it sound like it's supposed to be like an NHL hits kind of game. And when you when you start it up and it actually is meant to be a serious baseball game, I think that that might have put off some of the casual sports fans that were just looking for a an easy game to play and maybe not one that has a lot of technical uh, technical controls and really having to know the, the look of a pitch and player stats. It it uh, it might have uh, diverted expectations a little bit when when people picked it up. Yeah, well, and, and I mean it was. You know, it was marketed and advertised as an arcadey game. Like that's mm-hmm. that was in their their language. Right. I, I mean, you could even see it uh, while well, you already read it at the beginning of this episode. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, past Neil read it, mm. but <laughs> <laughs> and he and he he mentioned on the back of the case. It's you know, it, it kind of has that language to make it seem like it's a fun arcadey style game to play with the family rather than a more realistic sim, mm-hmm. which this definitely seems like. But yeah, I, I couldn't get over the slow pitching. Like yeah. it's really slow, mm-hmm. uh, especially I think a lot of it too has to do with, um, I've you know been playing a lot of MVP baseball this week mm. to get ready. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and it feels very uh, sluggish compared to, uh, to that game. And I mean, baseball can be at times when you're playing it. It's it's very much a thinking man's game. Like it's not meant to be a quick game like soccer or hockey. So yeah. there is supposed to be that aspect to it. But when you're playing a video game, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, you want it to move along a little bit quicker than that. And yeah. and for me, like ba- baseball games, I don't have a ton of experience playing full seasons of baseball games. I have played pieces of baseball games in the past but for me baseball games are most fun when they're actually cut up into mini games like i love the baseball mini games and mario party games um yeah just thinking like even WarioWare. like there's certain i was actually just playing wario land 4 on the game boy advance and there's this random mini game section of the game that you have to play to earn coins for for uh for special power-ups there's only a couple mini games, but one of them is a baseball mini game. It's like a home run challenge, and you literally just have to swing the bat to hit the ball out of the park every time. Right. But it's it's really fun. It's baseball inspired, but it's not technical at all. It's just you only have to hit the ball. Same thing with like Wii Sports, which was the baseball version was huge, and that was for all intents and purposes it was a it was a home run derby, uh, yeah. with yeah a light <laughs> amount of baseball elements in there. Um, but. Uh, yeah, so Home Run King, not exactly a, a huge seller on the GameCube. What's interesting is that uh, Sega, they actually also put out Sega World Series Baseball 2K3 on PS2 and Xbox. Hmm. So I think that there was a better baseball experience going out to other consoles that the GameCube didn't get. I think that even though GameCube was going after a mature market, I think Sega thought, oh, it's Nintendo, we'll put the fun game on their console, <laughs> which is what everyone else thought too. I was going to say that this is actually... Uh, it's unique in this sense because it's one of the few uh, sports games that's 
exclusively for the GameCube, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah, and yeah, and one of the few exclusive baseball games too. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about a few more later on that are pretty much on every other console. Uh, Mike, that's pretty much all I have to say about Home Run King. Do you have any other thoughts on the game before we move on? I, I don't think so, unfortunately. No. Oh, that, that's too bad. But okay, well, let's move on then to the All-Star Baseball series. Uh, All-Star Baseball 2002 was released on November 18th, 2001. Uh, the GameCube version was delayed. It actually came out on PlayStation 2 earlier that year. But since the GameCube wasn't out yet, uh, this is a GameCube launch title. Nice. It, it was yeah. It was developed. Wait, by... is this is this our our last GameCube launch title, Neil? That we've talked about. Mm. Have we covered them all now? I th- I think so. Yeah. Wow. wow. It almost took a year. Yeah, little golf claps clap for us. We made it through the launch title. Congratulations, <laughs> <did> Mike. It. <laughs> it was developed by Acclaim Studios Austin, uh, published by Acclaim. It's also on PlayStation Two. Today, the game uh, is priced around ten dollars. It rates about a six. Between 6 and 7 out of 10, uh, the PlayStation 2 version is a little bit better with an 8. And on the cover, we have Derek Jeter. And then there was also All-Star Baseball 2003, which was uh, came out on February 25th, 2002, only three months later than the 2001 version. But again, that was because the GameCube version was delayed. Uh, same publisher and developer, Acclaim Studios. Uh, this game also had a Game Boy Advance version. Uh, this game, you can find it for $5 on eBay, which I think, I think this makes it, this game, one of the cheapest <laughs> games we've ever found. I can't think of a cheaper game, Mike. Can you? No, I, I think that might be our cheapest game of the podcast so far. Ladies and gentlemen, quickly pick up All-Star Baseball 2003 <laughs> before prices go up. Uh, this game does rate a little bit better, though. It gets around 7s and 8s out of 10s. Uh, on the cover again, we have Derek Jeter. And then there was All-Star Baseball 2004, which was released on February 23rd, 2003. Same publisher, same developer. They scrapped the Game Boy Advance version this time around. A little bit more pricey at $8, Mike. <gasps> go oh, pick that up now. It's going to go to 10 very soon. That's what that's what people are speculating. Uh, <laughs> rates about an 8 out of 10. And on the cover, we have Derek Jeter on all three covers. He got the hat trick. Yes, because I, the, the, the game, uh, all, all three games, I believe, are technically called all-Star Baseball featuring Derek Jeter. That's right. When the uh, series first came out, it was uh, in 1997. It was uh, released for the PlayStation and the Sega Saturn, and it was uh, All-Star Baseball featuring Frank Thomas, who we, right. of, co- we of course, both love when he uh, had his career with the Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Love Frank Thomas. It was never This series was never on the N-Gage or the Gizmondo mic, but it was <laughs> on PlayStation, PlayStation 2, GameCube, N64, where I think it hit its stride, was actually yeah. N64 is where critically it has the highest ratings. It was also on Saturn, Xbox, Game Boy, and Game Boy Advance. So it's been on a, quite a few consoles. I mean, always good to see a claim rearing their head uh, once again. <laughs> yeah, forcing uh, themselves into our households, whether we like it or not. <laughs> exactly. And obviously, 2004 was the last game that they made uh, for the base that baseball series because they went bankrupt right after. Yep. Uh, yep. Classic acclaim. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'd like to talk about one thing, Neil, and that's the fact of the naming convention of this. Sure. So the games came out. So there's like, yeah, there's All-Star Baseball 2004. Let's just make it easy this way. Yep. And that came out... Uh, in 2003. February 2003. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> because it's not like it's the NHL where or mm. NFL where they start the season the year before and then they, you know, it's like... Um, this is the same know, year. It comes the out same the same year. year as the, and the baseball season doesn't carry over. Doesn't carry over another year. The baseball uh, season of 2003 is 2003. It's from It starts and ends in April 2003. 
to yeah. October 2003. Why mm. is it called 2004? This is so confusing. I don't know. <laughs> are they are they trying to get parents to buy the older copies? Uh, maybe I think <laughs> were they were they just trying to be aligned with the other sports games at the time? Like because in 2003, or sorry, 2004 when All Star Baseball came out, would that not have been the year? No, because FIFA and Madden those would have been 2005 that year, right? Because FIFA, Madden, and NHL all come out around the same time, which is September. Right, so a bit later. So I'm just trying to think now. In 2004, <laughs> see how see how how confusing this is. This is this took was, me a while. Yeah, because I had as to sit a, down. <laughs> as a kid, like I always thought that the sports games were all made by the same people. Like just sure, figured as, as you do. Yeah, as as you, it makes sense as a kid. Like every every sport has the name of the league and the year, and maybe you know Madden or whatever it was, a name yeah. tied to it of some Tiger Woods, uh, and every and everything. Other than that, it was this to me. Looking at it, same graphics, same everything, same price, same every cover looked identical. Yeah. <laughs> other than the players on the front, it all looked identical. So I thought that the games were always developed by the same people and obviously that could not be further from the truth so i don't know why the the year naming convention just couldn't have been a little bit more unionized amongst all the sporting franchises it would have made things a lot more easier to understand if someone knows that please let us know please let us know (laughs) one of the things i really love about sports games uh and i never actually thought about this until now is that it's one of the few franchises that was it was one of the original genres of video games with like, if yeah. you go back as far as you can on video games, you're going to find a tennis game, a golf game, a football game, a hockey game, a baseball game. And every single console has one of those games up until 2021. So it, it's you, and there's puzzle games now too, but it's really interesting to watch baseball games get better and better and better and better and better. Like, so since the 70s, there's been, or 80s, there's been baseball games on video game consoles, and you can watch them get progressively better to the point now where we have MLB The Show in 2021, and it just looks gorgeous. And there aren't too many uh, video game genres that you can say that about, except for sports games, really, where mm-hmm. they just, they started at the very beginning and they're still here today. They're still selling millions of copies. So really need to watch progression videos of sports games getting better. I think especially baseball too, because of the Japanese American, you know, ties there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that t- these two, the two major countries who are buying video games and producing video games right. are also massive baseball nations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The whole world is making baseball games. It's not like the uh, NHL games, which are only being made by Canadian developers. Yeah. 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 And so, so it's, it's especially cool. I, I find to watch uh, mm-hmm. like the, see how the baseball games have progressed over time. But yeah, mm-hmm. I'll start baseball. The, the the series itself is something that I, I knew of, but I, I never got into. And well, uh, I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, well, there were better baseball games on yeah, the Yeah, that's GameCube. the thing. Exactly. Yeah. We had MVP, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later. These games were good. It's not that they weren't good. It's just that EA had the license to make the MVP baseball games, and those were critically and commercially better games. So it was unfortunate, yeah. but, and we're seeing it today too with, uh, not anymore, but a couple of years ago, uh, MLB, the show was pretty much the only baseball game that, that you could play, but there were other games still coming out more notably RBI baseball was yes. probably the, the second place playing second fiddle to, uh, the show, which baseball game or baseball players were not playing RBI baseball. They were picking up the show if they could. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. With, with all-star baseball too, I think one of its downfalls obviously is a claim going out of business <laughs> but also the fact that they didn't go with the the tried and true method uh at the time and before that of naming something after uh, a big player obviously they have it featuring mm. Derek jeter but it's interesting that they didn't keep going with the you know ken griffey jr baseball mm. uh and didn't you know after ken griffey jr it's like oh, okay someone else let's try Derek jeter Derek jeter yeah. baseball i feel mm. like that would have sold 
much better than all-star baseball. Yeah, kind of like having Tony Hawk, which we've talked about a ton. Even calling it Derek Jeter's all-star baseball, maybe just putting his name somewhere else in that title would have made yeah. a huge difference because Derek Jeter was a huge player like he was of a big course. deal in yeah. the early 2000s I don't Seinfeld. know Seinfeld <laughs> <laughs> he is in that Seinfeld scene where yeah but uh I mean the the game did get improved though from all-star baseball 2002 to all-star baseball 2004 the AI improved uh, a little bit um there were still small issues here and there I mean graphics and controls got better um but I mean it, it's just like what you'd imagine with most uh sports games they, they get better with each iteration slightly but I don't know if it's enough to to warrant someone buying all three copies if they owned a GameCube or a PS2. No, nope. it's again, like you said, just one of those uh, one of those instances where there was an there was another baseball game out there that was better. So mm-hmm. why yeah. I just before we move on to those uh, better games, I I just wanted to know maybe why you think that uh, All Star Baseball moved to Xbox and PlayStation Two only in two thousand five. There was an All Star Baseball two thousand five. It wasn't. Oh, on I didn't Game- know that. Yeah, it wasn't on GameCube though. But that was the last one, I would assume, because that's when yes. a claim would have been super dead. Right. Yes, that would have. Yeah, they were beyond dead at that point. <laughs> I'm um, guessing it was because just GameCube. It probably wasn't selling very well on GameCube. That's... No, probably not selling well on GameCube, and and yeah. Acclaim probably to just keep themselves afloat. Uh, decide not to do any production or yeah. distribution for the GameCube. That's mm-hmm. that's I think the the best answer. Yeah, they did try their best with All Star Baseball 2004, which uh, was. Um, if you have the uh, the Game Boy Advance link cable, you could link the game between uh, your Game Boy Advance and the GameCube version, and you could transfer baseball cards. Uh, if you're into collecting baseball cards in, in these video games, you could uh, actually transfer your cards between games, which I guess is neat for three of the people who were playing. <laughs> How many people had the GameCube cable both games and were wanting to transfer their baseball cards back and forth? Oh, they- we've talked about that stupid cable and all that <laughs> stuff many times. Crystal Chronicles, for example. I mean, not it's a good, good idea. No, it's not. I mean, like, if it is for having <laughs> multiplayer, it, I guess I can understand that. But when it's just to transfer baseball cards back and forth, you really have to be a super fan to want to do that. Yeah, you really do. Yeah. But anyway, Mike, that, that's all I really have to say about All-Star Baseball. Do you have any points you'd like to bring up before we move on? No, I, I think I think that's it for me. Thank you, cool. Derek Jeter, for giving us those mm. games. But uh, let's move on to the games that we're all here for. All right, sounds good, Mike. Let's move on to the MVP Baseball Series. But before we do, I think we have a guest joining us today. We do. A friend of the show, Jason, is joining us. He was on a couple episodes ago to talk about the Worm Series, and Jason has been begging me to have him on for this episode. He made sure as soon as we started this podcast that he reminded me that he played MVP Baseball for hours and hours as a kid and still thinks it's obviously one of the best games ever, Mm -hmm. uh, best sports games, I should say. So Jason is joining us today, and Jason, we do have a question for you to start off. Okay. What would be your walk-up music? I actually had thought about this in the past, and uh, I know you guys <laughs> kind of sprung it on me, but it's a very intimidating song, and it's basically okay. just a mess with the pitcher's head, and that song <laughs> is Mbop by Hanson. Ooh. Oh my god. <laughs> That's good. Because think about it. You come up, you come walking up to that song, the pitcher's like trying to get in the zone, and they're like, what? the hell is happening right now looking around and batting fourth number 37 jason hudson fun fact too that song actually did win me a contest at the sky dome Ooh, oh tell that story let's go okay so uh it's back when they had the td comfort seats well they still do but you know we can't go there anymore (laughs) um and it was like oh text text what song you want to hear in like the sixth inning and you could win the td comfort seats so i'm like well, I know what I'm going to request. 
And I did it. And sure enough, they came to me and they're like, you win. I'm like, what? I'm like, cool. But with that being said, they did indeed play the song with my face up on the jumbotron. Oh my god! And I'm just laughing. Did you get to sit? Did you get to sit down in the comfort in the comfort seats then? This was the first year they brought them up to like that TD zone. Wow! So oh, like, it would have been cooler yeah, yeah. when they were right on the field. But you know what? I'll I'll still take it. Yeah. I got two hundred dollars in uh, Jay's gift cards. Too, wow! Which is nice. That can buy you a baseball hat. Yeah, that uh, that that actually was the prepayment for. Um, a group of us going to a game. Uh, Mike knows the group that we were, went with. We would oh, play the hockey, TVN and then group. we would go to a uh, go to a baseball game. I'd be I'd be bloody right. terrified sitting in the comfort seats these days because basically, for for listeners that don't know, in, in Toronto at the uh, the Rogers Center as we call it now, there's the TD, which is our bank, the TD Bank Comfort Zone, which is just these leather couches that are basically at field level. <laughs> And your head is at that perfect level where if there's a good foul ball, you're you're done. Like the, there's no there's there's no net, there's no protection. So like you need to keep your head up for the rest of the game when you're sitting there. Well, I was gonna say that was the one plus of them because they they used to be on the field, but now they're not. Mm. They changed them. They're now like in behind uh, the the what's that? Oh my god, I haven't been to a game in so long. I don't know how baseball works. They're actually where my seats were. Oh okay. Uh, that's a good yeah, behind so home plate. Yeah. yeah, that's what it's called. Behind home plate. Wow. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. That one that, that well known spot in the field behind home plate. <laughs> yes. yes. They used to be on the first baseline, which is a yep. terrifying place to sit. Oh, I would have been like, thanks. Absolutely. I would have been like, thanks, but I'll just take like a free slushy or something instead of that, please. Like, <laughs> especially since I get like, I get like ADD at games. I'll just start people watching at times. Of course. Or you text. And especially when you see somebody getting like throwing, uh, like thrown out of the game. You just watch security. It's <laughs> the best. Oh, I love watching people get thrown out of baseball games that's that's the reason to go to a game i will say the best sport though to do that in mm. football because mm, mm. it's that, always after halftime yeah <laughs> and if you're at the bills game you literally see like 40 neon green jackets descend on one area <laughs> they walk in they take the guy out and go and you're like this is the best yeah that's oh, well, speaking of being able to get thrown out of games you could of course get thrown out of the game in mvp baseball 2004 and 2005 which was my favorite part of it so neil why don't you introduce those two games Sure thing. So we brought Jason on today to talk to us about MVP Baseball 2004, which was released on May 9th, 2004, uh, developed by EA Canada and uh, published by EA Sports. It's also on PS2 and Xbox, priced around $15, rates in the 8s and 9s. On the cover is Albert, I always screw up his last name, it's Albert Pools, right? Yes. Pools. Pools, yeah. I always tripped over that. It's it's a weird spelling. And then there was MVP Baseball 2005, which was released on February 22nd, 2005, developed again by EA Canada, published again by EA Sports. This game was on a bunch more consoles. It was on PS2, Xbox, Microsoft Windows, and PlayStation Portable, which is where I played it. And uh, it's actually $25 today, which is the most expensive game that we're talking about today at 25 bucks. This game rates about a 9 out of 10. And on the cover, we have Manny Ramirez. And I actually bought this game for $25 a couple of weeks ago. So <laughs> I got it. My sticker price on my GameCube copy, mm-hmm. 7 bucks. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. If you had bought this game at the end of the GameCube's life cycle, which is the perfect time to buy sports games, yeah. bottom of the barrel, 2 for 15 You know, just get it out of here now, please. <laughs> well, so, I, it good it deal. genuinely is the best baseball game of all time. I oh, don't yeah. know why. I can't really fully explain it, but I think it's out of any baseball game. Side maybe base wars when I was a kid. That game didn't age well, though. Uh, um, most fun I've ever had playing a baseball game. So Sweet. yeah, get get like start with uh with your memories then, Jason of MVP MVP baseball. We'll do two thousand five because that's the that's the game that we really all remember. Yeah, let's do it in reverse. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, four doesn't matter. Um, yeah. on a, like everything from the game, the soundtrack. Um, I played it more on the PS2. Sure. Um, it's the same game. So, yeah. so I was playing it online a lot with a, a buddy of mine who lived out in Calgary, and we would just play in San Francisco and just see who could hit the most home runs. <laughs> like we would just serve it up so our scores were like 67 54 <laughs> like we Jeez. we weren't even trying to like lose or win rather <laughs> but yeah no it was just it was just so good um of course uh san francisco home of the legend jim dowd mm-hmm. uh yeah. probably one of the greatest baseball players who ever lived of course uh people <laughs> who don't know what i'm talking about are probably sitting there going what yeah, let's let's just jump into that super quick. So yep. so it's John Dowd is actually the guy's name. And so John Dowd takes over from Barry Bonds, obviously the most prolific hitter, home run hitter of all time who did steroids. So, you know. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Make sure you say allegedly. Oh, oh, sorry, it's yeah. not it's not hey, a fact. I have I I have a family in San Francisco and they they like swear the fact like by the fact that he never did steroids. Oh I'm my like, god. Oh, well, wow. <laughs> so, that's, anyways. that's almost they sit at the table with the flat earthers then basically honestly that's what it feels like if if you can do yourself a favor look at a photo of 1992 pittsburgh pirates (laughs) um barry bonds Bonds, and just look at like late 90s barry bonds and then yeah okay tell me he didn't do steroids he just pain and gain man pain and gain Mm -hmm. just just hit the just hit hit the weights hard and ate a lot of eggs But yeah, so the the whole issue uh, was that Barry Bonds obviously was, you know, taking the world by storm in the early 2000s, and he opted out of the MLB Players Agreement uh, mm-hmm. so that he could pursue his own sponsorships uh, and basically to try and make more money. This actually did end up backfiring because he didn't end up getting a lot of uh, solo mm-hmm. sponsorships that he really wanted to get, mostly because of the steroids uh, allegations. But um, they obviously couldn't just have Barry Bonds completely out of the game. They need to put someone in who was like right. Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. And uh, they actually named John Dowd after a developer at EA Vancouver. Um, mm. There's actually a funny story about it on MLB.com. Just like this, like the opposite of Barry Bonds is basically what they were going for. <laughs> <laughs> just this white, skinny, yeah. you know, like uh, not athletic guy at all. <laughs> and of course, he wasn't the only player who was a real life no. player that was left out of the game. Uh, there's, of course, uh, Anthony Freeze of the Boston Red Sox. You know who he was, right? Was that Kevin Millar? Kevin Millar. Oh, look at me. I did it. <laughs> and of course, awesome. Kevin Millar wasn't a member of the union because he was a scab back in the 94 strike. Oh, that's mm. why. Oh. That's why he's not in the game. That's interesting because I knew I, I knew Barry Bonds wasn't part of the union because he because of the sponsorship stuff. But yeah. I wasn't sure about Kevin Millar. That's, that's mm. super interesting, actually. Yeah, Kevin Millar, they straight up, I mean, I think he was a well-liked player. Mm-hmm. From everything I can tell, even I mean, even if his time with the Blue Jays it seemed like everyone one loved him, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, he uh, he wasn't allowed to be a part of like the MLBPA because well, he crossed the picket line in uh, spring of '95, I think it was. Yeah, wow. Now M- MVP 2005 has a really big modding community these days on PC, and I think that they've put in Barry Bonds since then, right? Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because yeah. it's not official, right? So right. they can do whatever so they want. They've put him in now, but the John Dowd story is hilarious. I, I, found, <laughs> I think I've read the same article that you did, Mike. They also made him like super overpowered in the game too, which oh, is yeah. obviously why Jason and his friend played San Francisco every time. Yeah. Su- sucks if you were against San Francisco, though. <laughs> well, I think what we did is, I think one of us was usually San Francisco. Well, I think we, we didn't necessarily play against San Francisco. We just used the park because it had the short right field. True. Mm. Oh, so we could hit it to McKinney Cove. Yeah, but with that being said, I think we were probably San Francisco to a couple times. Of course, uh, Seattle 
always a good team mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well. But yeah, no, that game, man, so much fun. Yeah. I'm glad I played it again today, even though uh, yeah, I didn't have a good result. <laughs> <laughs> even just game gameplay elements aside, and graphically it looks pretty good even today, one of the biggest standouts of this game for me was the owner's mode. Yes. Uh, which was like, I compare everything to Roller Coaster Tycoon, but it is like the Roller Coaster Tycoon of baseball, where you had just the level of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um customization yeah just being able to pick the like what you're going to give away as a promotional item at games like prices at the concessions your stadium design your team's net worth uh, payroll for the players just it the list went on on how granular it went and it just had like the minor leagues i don't yeah. remember if 04 had it 05 definitely did yeah mm-hmm. it had triple a double a and a which you still don't actually have in uh in the show which so no, and the show <laughs> like i like the show but I've yeah. never loved the show. I think that is a very good response to that for sure, because <laughs> like the show is great. Obviously it's, you know, extremely well done. The graphics look amazing. It's got all the teams. It's got all the rosters, but it, it, it never goes above and beyond like MVP 05 did at this time. Cause you have to remember like at this time, baseball games w- were really just either arcades, like kind of sports games, or they were mm-hmm. Sims. They were literally yep. just these, these st- statistical sims which were super popular but mm-hmm. there was never anything like this you know it was like a madden really that's what it was and madden was yep. really the only franchise in sports that was uh doing this kind of owner mode this um you know the kind of gameplay that it had very intricate and then mm-hmm. mvp 05 comes out and just completely blows away any other baseball game that had come out before that and yeah. then of course it was a victim of the licensing wars in like the yeah. mid 2000s with like, ah, yes. Mm-hmm. It was such a short-run series. MVP Baseball, it came out in 2003. The last one was 2006. And then Take-Two Interactive signed the licensing deals for with the MLB. And then that's why the only MLB-licensed game now is the show since 2006 mm-hmm. up until, uh, I think, the show 21 is going to be on everything. First it? time it's been on Xbox. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So, And is it coming to Switch? I forget. No, I don't think so. But RBI yeah. Baseball is on Switch. Yeah, oh. RBI Baseball has been around for a couple of years again. Yeah, yeah. Um, but does anybody back. play that? Uh, I never did. I never got <laughs> nope. into it. There you go. I, I, I do want to talk a little bit because you mentioned it, Neil. Of my favorite topic, we've talked about it quite a few times already on this uh, podcast. We talked mm-hmm. about it in the Madden episode, episode seventeen. If you want to go back and listen to that, but it's two K versus EA. Mm. Oh, classic. Uh, Wild West of the early 2000s. (laughs) So obviously for baseball games in general, there was a bit of the Wild West uh, in terms of licensing. It was all over the place. Anyone could really have a license. Um, And then for Madden, uh, EA signed that exclusive licensing deal with the NFL because of 2K's aggressive fight against them in the price war of NFL games. Uh, 2K sold their their, uh, NFL game for thirty dollars below EA's price a month before, which is well, the biggest. It was only, it was only like twenty bucks, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yep. And so EA was forced to put theirs to thirty dollars uh, that year, mm. um, and because of this, EA that they wanted to sign that exclusive agreement. So now Take Two's, uh, you know, their counter to this was to sign an exclusive third-party license with the MLB, and so mm. then Two K Sports took over creating baseball games, which killed mvp baseball uh yep. there was another mvp baseball it was mvp ncaa for 2006 Which, it right. just wasn't as good i don't know what it was but it yeah. just wasn't as good no because i, th- I think you know, one it's you know ncaa like do you really want to play an ncaa baseball game well, like... especially as like let's be honest we're canadian yeah i don't know if i've i've maybe seen only a couple ncaa baseball games on tv ever yeah 
like NCAA is really for football and basketball in terms of the mainstream right. audience. Oh, and and the football games were amazing. Yes, we talked mm. about that again. Yep. Episode seventeen. Check it out. <laughs> but, but I don't think the new one will be. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is huge though that 2K took the MLB license from EA because otherwise EA would have a complete monopoly on sports games, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. So but, and it, it it's funny that but the one game they took the license for was probably the one game that EA did it the best at. I know, isn't mm-hmm. that funny? <laughs> because yeah, uh, 2K did football better. Yep. yep. They arguably did hockey better there for a little bit. But baseball? Yeah. No, that was M- that was EA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, it's... Like, not even close. And, like, basketball, mm-hmm. too. 2K has done basketball better than yeah, uh, ba- the ba- 2K, well. Yeah, 2K wins the basketball war there as well. Yeah. I yeah, actually so. never realized how much I like 2K as a company and a publisher. <laughs> like, I feel like that they've skated under the radar the last decade of being the publisher that everybody hates. Like, everyone goes after Activision and EA for their microtransactions and whatnot and 2k have had their share of faults like 2k makes the wwe games which are trash um but they've also put out like gems like bioshock and and yeah. the show so like they're actually yep. a very good publisher and they put out like between i i looked at their library like 10 to 20 games a year like yeah. they, a ton aren't they behind um they're behind the civ games too aren't they that's right yeah so yeah they are mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's the one thing when like every time i load up civ like the 2k logo pops up and i'm like what wait wait what, what? <laughs> it's <been> strange <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, they're everywhere. But yeah, no, it's. Um, I just want to talk quickly about some of my memories with this game. Um, mm-hmm. So I owned MVP 05 uh, back in the day. Had to buy it again, like I said, for $25 a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, nice. But my, my first memories of this game were actually at my friend Connor's house. You remember Connor, uh, Neil? Yeah, Connor, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, so yeah. He, uh, I used to have sleepovers there, and we would play endless hours of Halo, mm. but more hours of MVP baseball on the Xbox. Nice. We played that just constantly at least 200 hours would be my estimate um so of course i asked for this for christmas of 05 i guess it was and i got it played it another 200 hours and uh a lot of times it was playing with you uh neil uh, or playing with my dad or other friends uh it really was a baseball game that you could kind of play without really knowing that much about baseball Mm -hmm. uh yet it wasn't as crazy and arcadey as something like slugfest you know that had come out (laughs) earlier yeah which is you know again this is this is that era we talked about it for like nhl 0405 you know same thing 0405 for baseball it's that perfect mix of realism and arcade fun right that uh that ea was really killing it with at that time yeah and and you know what they did really good when it came to even like triple play yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and then it essentially merged into um MVP like the triple play games were probably a little bit more arcadey mm-hmm. but damn that was fun too one of one <laughs> of the things that made this game MVP baseball 2005 so accessible to to everybody really and this was the only baseball game that I played on console I played it on PSP which it was actually a very good version of the game uh probably just the PS2 version uh graphically downgraded a little bit but uh they added a mode or a, I guess a gameplay mechanic called uh, the hitter's eye which made oh, it yeah way easier to hit the ball and to pitch. Um, you could see like a grid on screen, which made it way easier to know where the ball was going. Mm-hmm. Um, so just controlling. And then also the color coming out of the pitcher's hand. Yes, yes. The yeah. ball had a specific color depending on what he was throwing, if it was going to be a fastball, curveball. Mm-hmm. Um, so you knew if you had to change the speed of your swing or something. Oh, no, I still swing at everything the same way. <laughs> it it, like I'd see it, I was like, oh, red. I know that's a breaking pitch. Swing early. Like, swing early. I'll swing late. You know? Yeah, it's hard to time. Timing a swing in a baseball game, timing a swing in baseball in general is one of the hardest things to do in that's sports. probably and... one of the things I don't like about the show is I can't hit the ball. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I just can't. It feels a little too realistic in that sense, right? Yeah. If you can't hit a baseball, baseball's not fun. So, <laughs> yeah. But one of the things I loved about the game, mm-hmm. and, and having only played baseball games probably on N64 up to this point, was mm-hmm. or NES even, like just playing those old baseball games, is just seeing every every batter having a different stance, which I thought was hilarious. Like they were mm-hmm. able to put the player's actual stance into the game, which was really cool. And then picking, being able to play at, I think, is it still called the Sky Dome? in this game yes it is yeah it's yeah. still skydome i love that yeah now and if you live in toronto where we record the show from uh it's now called the roger center we were bought out by the telecommunications company and uh yeah so this was a, this would have been the last time you could play a game in this in the skydome and it looked like it too like because mike you and i went to base blue jays games every year as kids and it was so cool to see that in a video game like oh look it's we're in toronto it's so it's so so cool to see it done well right we've talked mm-hmm. about other games already with all-star baseball and home run king and they don't exactly do the stadium's good justice no. but in, in uh in in this uh they definitely do and my favorite part is that you get to play at polo grounds they have the which, classic stadiums too yeah yes. amazing uh, and with a with a sepia overtone <laughs> while you're playing it, which is the dumbest thing ever, it's but rad. I love it. <laughs> Although awesome. one thing that never really gets mentioned about MVP baseball, and it's right there, and it's so obvious, at least for 05, it was directly marketed just to Boston Red Sox fans. Oh my God! Yeah, well, let's talk about the soundtrack because <laughs> sure. the soundtrack, of course, has Tessie by uh, Dropkick Murphys, by the Dropkick Murphys, yep. which is about the Boston Red Sox. Mm-hmm. And, and the opening know, video starts with like yeah. they made history. Especially <laughs> being a Yankees fan, I'd be like, screw this game, <laughs> I'm not buying this crap. Oh, man. Uh, it's uh, the the soundtrack is quite short, but it's actually pretty good. You it's have so the good. hot hot heat on it. Uh, mm-hmm. You have uh, the bravery. Bravery is on it. Uh, a lot of one-hit wonder, like, yes. yeah. mid-2000 rock bands that, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, don't re- Yep, forgot about them. Forgot about oh, them. Oh, me, I owe you. Yeah, me, I owe you. It went so weird, though, with 2006. We're not going to talk about 2006 MVP Baseball because that was not on GameCube, but they went really, like, emo with that one. Very like, emo. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like Hawthorne Heights, Silverstein, Bayside, and Aiden are all on there. Like, very, like, My Chemical Romance-y kind of music. But Devotion and Desire, that song. That's a banger mm, still. Spotify banger. always wants me to listen to that song. Every time an album ends, it, it goes to Bayside, Devotion, and Desire. I'm like, I hate this song. I'm, I'm not going to lie. From the MVP Baseball 05 soundtrack, I definitely own uh, the High Speed Scenes CD. Yeah, I don't hey, remember see? what it's called. Hundred percent bought it because of this game. Yeah, hmm. this I, I always really like the soundtrack, and yep. um, yeah, has a hmm. special place in my heart for sure. Um, another funny thing that I wanted to bring up. So I did a little bit of research this week to see, you know, where what the best baseball games are. Of, of course, MVP Baseball two thousand five was number one on literally yep. every single list, and I mean mm-hmm. literally, even MLB.com's official website. In 2020, they did a top 20 or like the best uh, baseball games of all time. MVP Baseball 2005 is number one. Not yep. their current licensed game, the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they, they know. MVP Baseball. I th- I thought that was hilarious. I've never seen I've I've never seen something like that. <laughs> it's it's the right call though. It is the right it's, call. It's the right call. I mean, it may not be good for their current licensees, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, if I was it's 2K, the right I'd be like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is uh, It is very rare, though, for like a sports game from 16 years ago to be the best game on everybody's list. Yeah. Like, you don't I, see that with any other genre or sports game, really. There's always arguments to be made for another maybe, hockey, baseball. Maybe football, football was super techno bowl. 
Oh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah. But that's it. <laughs> <laughs> My one problem with the GameCube version of MVB, though, was the controller itself. Okay, yeah, that's, that's fair. It, it is not the most ideal sports controller. No, because, of course, it's naturally you do, like, the for the basis, it's usually on a standard controller up, down, yeah. left, right. Since the A button right. was so big, the amount of times I would throw it home <laughs> yeah. by accident. <laughs> yeah, that that is the beauty of like the the PlayStation controller, the fact that it is a diamond. Mm-hmm. Like that that always yeah you know, that always made mm-hmm. me smile. But yeah, yeah. But the GameCube controller, yeah, not uh, not great for MVP. <laughs> yeah, EA should have made a controller especially for the GameCube, so players 100%. could actually play the game competently. <laughs> no, you, Neil, you can you can play with your Game Boy Advance with your link cable. <laughs> Neil, oh, Neil, also, oh, I'm just an idiot. I'm just an idiot, let's be honest. <laughs> no, you're not. Everybody hits the A button nonstop on that controller. Why Why wouldn't you? Like, It's no one literally the button. biggest button. It's it might, Is it the biggest button on any controller ever? That's a good question. Um, that's something. we got to find that I out. But I, I think it is. It's huge. I would I would argue yes. I'm just trying to picture the Dreamcast. Oh, uh, okay, wait, wait. There is the, the touchpad on the PS4. Yeah, but that's not a actual button that's not like a it's a button it's not like an action button there's also the touchpad on the wii u (laughs) (laughs) the entire the entire console is okay okay fair fair fair. but but in terms of like a normal button i i can't see there being a uh, a system with a bigger button no i think you're right i'd like to read the actual mlb.com quote if i may too here Uh, it says a game so good it can never die Despite coming out nearly 15 years ago and multiple game systems ago, there's still a modding community dedicated to updating rosters so that players can continue playing this every year. While mm-hmm. gameplay is smooth with some of the best mechanics any sports game has ever featured, MVP Baseball's greatest strength lies in its franchise mode that allows players to build dynasties over 120 years. Jeez. With two levels of minor leagues, including real minor league logos, players could finally undertake realistic rebuilding efforts or create unstoppable powerhouses with fresh rookies supplanting the roster. No game has yet to match MVP Baseball for player popularity. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> that's, yep, that's entirely fair, because... Like, even without talking to people, if you just straight up ask them what their favorite baseball game is, I would almost reckon 90% of people would say 05. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's one of those few universally loved and agreed upon games, uh, sports games especially, you know, mm-hmm. which are often, you know, quite uh, – usually they, they go through era. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they usually go through eras like we talked about on the NHL episode, how yep. there's certain really good eras of NHL and that. I mean, I haven't garbage. bought one of those games in a couple years now. <laughs> but there was you. a little bit of an, uh, an uptick, you know, after I think it was 2012. The first one with threes in was really fun, and then they mm-hmm. – put it in the next year and just screwed it all up and i'm like yeah. this isn't fun anymore you like come on guys yeah yeah <laughs> well jason thank you so much for coming on as always and i'm sure we will see you again soon for some uh, game that was before the 2005 <laughs> thank you <laughs> <laughs> take care buddy all right bye, man. bye what a nice young man what a nice young man thank you jason for coming on again and Talking about MVP baseball, mostly 2005. I love mm-hmm. how we just <laughs> didn't even talk about 2004, but no, they are we? basically the same game. Yeah, yeah. MVP baseball 2005 got way more of the spotlight in the 2000s, as it should have. And it's unfortunate that the MVP baseball series had to be cut so short, but there were reasons for that, Mike, and we're going to uh, bleed into that a little bit now uh, while we talk about Major League Baseball 2K6. What do you think? Let's do it. So joining us today to talk about 2K6 and some of the other games that came out later on other Nintendo systems like the Bigs uh, is Jed. And friend of the show, Jed is here. And Jed, I have one question for you. 
what would be your walk-up song? Walk-up song to the plate. Um, <clears throat> I got to do a, a favor to any East Coasters listening. Um, it's it's going to have to be the Mole River Shuffle by the Rankin family. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Rankin family. Now, is it the entire is it, it is it the entire song or just the intro? Oh, what were you thinking in the song? Yeah, maybe the play? ninety second intro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a slow walk up to the plate. You you like you you want to take a lap of the field and then yeah, take the exactly. batter's box. Think, that, that's I your. That, I think I've earned approach. that. Yeah, Jed. Uh, just to fill you and I, I said mine would probably be Sandstorm, mm, uh, yeah. the uh, the classic. Uh, and I would do the entire <laughs> seven minute dance version. Oh yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> You have to take some practice swings if, up there. So if, if you and I are like in the lineup next to each other, we're just going to, all the fans are going to walk out. <laughs> Funny enough to, uh, so, you know, this year with the pandemic happening, um, you know, there wasn't baseball on at first in 2020. And so I took it upon myself to, uh, in the show, create my own team and create my own sim for that. And Jed is actually on uh, our softball team uh, here in Toronto. And I gave, uh, I think Jed was one of our pitchers, yeah. uh, one of the starting pitchers, gave him a lot of uh, fun knuckleballs. <laughs> <laughs> no no pitches over 70 miles an hour, obviously. Yeah, I didn't even have a fastball. <laughs> yeah, you no fastballs. And I, I think it, your walk-up song for pitching was um Barrett's privateers oh yeah another okay. classic east coast that's, uh... that's a runner-up for a batting song <laughs> <laughs> and i believe your your your, your batting uh, song was uh, all-star by smash mouth so. oh beautiful nice. <laughs> so can, can you you must be able to put your own songs in that game or was bear privateers put in by the developer it's the only song that's in mlb the show 20 <laughs> surprisingly it wasn't one of the default songs so i mm. did have to put my own songs in it's <laughs> disappointing uh i also put a couple other ones like uh um barbie girl and crazy frog uh in for marty <laughs> yeah for well Mar- marty had some uh, friend of the show marty had some interesting ones he had her diamonds by rob thomas <laughs> lovely how many <laughs> nickelback his- songs were there None actually. His home oh. run song was "Landslide" by the Dixie Chicks. Right. So, oh man, awesome. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we are here to talk about uh, a little bit about MLB 2K6. So Neil, why don't you introduce that game? Sure thing. Major League Baseball 2K6 was released on June 12, 2006. Developed by Visual Concept, published by 2K Sport. It's also on PlayStation Portable, PlayStation 2, Xbox, and Xbox 360. So we're getting into that new generation of consoles. It's around $15 today. It rates about a 7 out of 10. And on the cover we have the one and only Derek Jeter. He's back. (laughs) Back with a vengeance. He was the biggest baseball player of the 2000s, probably. I don't have much experience with the 2K baseball franchise. We talked a little bit about the MVP series, which I have a lot more with, but that's why we brought uh, Jed on today to talk to us about it. So, uh, Jed, go ahead. What are your memories with the game? (laughs) To be honest, I didn't own the game. I did play it a lot because the two kids that I babysat after school every day own the game. Nice. So I'd go, like these two little boys that I babysat down the road after school, play this game with them a lot. And let me tell you, I did not go easy on them. Like, <laughs> they have to look, learn. Looking back, like years later, looking back, I, I you know, it, I don't know, it doesn't matter if it was GameCube or like street hockey in the driveway, like I was playing a win. <laughs> and I didn't really clue in until I, I was well older that I probably should have like let them have fun sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was probably wow. my main memory is just like uh, be, be, only winning this game. Never lost. <laughs> the 100, 100 and 0 record uh, Jed has. Wow, pretty much. 2K6. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, 
watching footage of this game it it definitely seems like a bit of an upgrade in terms of graphics uh and it definitely seems like it was yeah you know more for the the newer consoles of the time but the gameplay feels a little sluggish maybe stiff. that's the word neil yeah stiff? i was gonna say stiff just looking at it i'm watching gameplay right now it doesn't look like it's as polished as mvp 2005 i don't know and i'm sure you're right and that's kind of standard for 2k sports games i feel like mm-hmm. like they're always like behind mvp or ea or something like that or the show i guess mm-hmm. yeah um a question for you actually you said this game came out in june 16 is that was that late i feel like oh, yeah. uh, you know yeah. it always comes out the year before the actual year of the title you know yeah I mean? june 12th 2006 i don't know why it came out so late in the season that's a good question that now. is actually a really good question good because all of it. all of the other games that have come out were either february or march this is the only game uh that we have today that came out in june yeah uh, like three months into the season basically that's a hmm. that's a weird move and were they competing against other GameCube baseball games that year? I guess MVP. No, because MVP thing. lost a license to 2K, uh, and oh. so we didn't have any other uh, MVP baseballs or any other baseball games at all that came out in North America in 2006. So 2K6 was the only one for GameCube. Right, and we had one in 2005, and it was February 22nd. So this had been a year and four months since the last baseball game on the GameCube. I'm kind of surprised it came out on the GameCube, to be honest, I, and not the Wii. Like, at that point, it just yeah. seems kind of strange. Like, it's a late GameCube game. Um, I, I don't know mm-hmm. why it was so delayed and came out. Actually, hang on. I think it's actually April. Sorry. It's April 3rd, 2006. It's in, the notion, it's in the notion Dock as June. As June? Well, I mean, April's still not great. Like, the fact that it's, yeah. it's not yeah. February or March, like yeah. it usually comes out a couple months before. So that's, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Sorry about that. It's actually April 3rd, 2006. So I was wrong. My mistake. Uh, it's okay. I like, I like the June version better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. April makes a little bit more sense. It is still late though. You're definitely right that April mm-hmm. 6th is, yeah. It's usually well before the season starts though. Yeah, you're right. So. Usually. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did want to talk about a little bit is Derek Jeter on the cover of this game. So, mm. Neil, do you think they did that because he was on All-Star Baseball, which was the Acclaim franchise, Jed, before uh, Acclaim died in mm-hmm. 2005, and they stopped making All-Star Baseball featuring Derek Jeter. So then 2K6 comes with their first game on the GameCube and puts Derek Jeter on the cover. I think so, <laughs> yeah. I think that that's probably – honestly, that's probably it. Like, they didn't want people to think that they were buying a completely new franchise. It's easier to just maybe trick certain consumers yeah. into, into thinking that they're buying another All-Star Baseball game with Derek Jeter on the cover. And in the mid-2000s, if you were buying a baseball product with Derek Jeter on the cover, you were doing something everybody else was doing because he was on everything with yeah. baseball. Um, so yeah, you're probably right. I mean, they probably were just trying to keep people, keep, keep things going as if there's nothing different about this game at all. It's just another all-star baseball game, even though it's a major league baseball game. Uh, again, very different or very similar, uh, title to the, to the, mm-hmm. the original games. Uh, I was just going to ask in this game, is there much more customization in terms of arguing with the umpires? Because in the MVP baseball oh my God, games, we didn't even mention that. Yeah. <laughs> we can so talk about my, it now. That's my favorite part about MVP baseball game is one, you can argue with the umpires and you have like a little arguing meter, mm-hmm. uh, which was really fun. So I just get like tap a, like in fear, <laughs> like seriously every single yeah. time and get ejected. Uh, but you could also charge the mound in MVP yep. baseball. Mm-hmm. which was, I don't think I've ever seen that in a game before or since, because I don't think you can do that in MLB 2K. 
I don't. What about Slugfest? Ooh. Ooh, well, Slugfest. Um, I don't. I guess you can charge the mountain Slugfest. That's true. I I know you can yeah. like punch the first baseman on your way by <laughs> yes. as a base runner, but I don't remember trashing the mound. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. And you can also step on the first baseman. You can like step on. on <laughs> yeah, people. step on the thing. That is a huge part of baseball is just being having the freedom to argue with the other players, argue with the umpire. It is it is a big yeah. part of the game that they should keep keep in baseball games and having the umpires also have sort of like a dynamic judgment call where in the mvp games specifically the umpires if your ball if your pitch is even slightly out of that uh strike zone it's a ball uh there's no ifs ands or buts if it's slightly out of that box it's a ball Uh, in later baseball games like the show i think specifically the ball can be outside of that box and the umpire will call ball uh strikes yeah and Um, and then the commentator will be like whoa that is a little inside (laughs) yeah a little bit less robotic like that yeah Yeah. it it gives the umpires a little bit more of a human aspect to them which they are humans so I think having that's the a big problem with NHL, yeah. uh, you know, games is the fact that it's so binary, right? Like you, oh, you yeah. do, you do, you click the hook button and then you immediately have a yeah. pen- penalty. It's like, well, that mm-hmm. was fun. Yeah. You can't poke check as a defenseman or you got a tripping penalty. But... Yeah. yeah. And it's, and that's one of the things that like something like FIFA is really good at uh, with, you know, a lot of things uh, are let go. You know, there's, there's times that you'll basically run someone over and the ref or will, will just completely miss it. <laughs> and, and, you know, a lot of that is, you know, that's real life that, that happens. So it's cool when, when games have a bit of that, um, looseness, I guess, to, to their, their calling of, uh, of penalties and fouls and other things. Right. And I do have to say about the soundtrack for this game. Um, I don't know if you looked it up, Jed, before we started, but a really weird soundtrack for a baseball game. I, I didn't look it up. Can you uh, list off some of the tunes, please? So we have uh, we have a Bell and Sebastian song. Bell and Sebastian's super low-key, mellow band. Um, yeah. We have Yola Tango. We have two, not one, but two pavement songs. Uh, again, very indie. Uh, they're just, it's just these all like, like sad indie songs mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on this, uh, on the soundtrack, which is super it's, weird. Does not fit the tone of the game. Unfortunately, no rank and family. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a missed opportunity. <laughs> you guys, you guys probably talked about this before I came on, but what's what's in the MVP baseball games? What's the vibe of the music? What kind of is it rock or like punk? Yeah, it's it's um, uh, so there's only like ten songs on on it, but they're all actually really good. Hot Hot Heat is on it. Um, yeah, Dropkick Murphys. Uh, uh, yeah, Dropkick Murphys. Um, the later one, had, like MVP Baseball 2006, it went a little bit more emo. Like they got Aiden and. Uh, Man, we just talked about it. What were some of the other ones? I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, the the first couple were mainly rock. Uh, MVP 2005 was very much uh, into the Boston scene, like the East Coast, um, with a bunch of their, like Tessie was on there. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, not not so much into the emo indie scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then going into the super sad indie scene in 2K6. <laughs> I think I think it's pretty obvious that Mike, you and I should be in charge of these games, just asking people to come on and then let us know their walk-on songs, and we'll just make the soundtrack around that. <laughs> exactly. That's, that sounds good to me. Yeah. Sandstorm and Rankin family all together. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was just thinking about this. Do you guys think that in this generation of consoles, there is too many sports games, like in terms of variety uh, and choice? Like we, we talked about, we've had a hockey episode now, we've had a soccer and a football episode now. Now we're on to baseball, and in this episode, we've talked about All-Star Baseball, Home Run King, MVP Baseball, and now Major League Baseball 2K6. It mm-hmm. just feels like that there's too much, and having a complete monopoly with uh, 2K and uh, 2K Interactive, sorry, uh, publishing the show, 
yeah, it is like kind of too bad for other console owners who can't play the show because they don't own a PlayStation console. But it did make it a lot mm-hmm. more simpler to kind of know what the game is to pick up. And and if you owned a GameCube and you wanted to pick up a baseball game and you didn't have the internet, which we didn't back then, it would have been really hard to know that the, the game to pick up, sorry, Jed, the game to pick up was MVP Baseball 2005 is going to go down <laughs> as the best baseball game of all time. But if you're on the shelf, you've got seven baseball games looking at and four of them are from, or they're from four different franchises. I just feel like it was a, a bit oversaturated in this generation specifically. Seems like it for sure. I guess it was more of like who's going to come out on top and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like in, in hockey games, it was EA and 2K each putting out games every year until everyone kind of realized that the 2K games were far below the EA and then yeah. EA kind of won that race, but mm-hmm. baseball was still up to grabs at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of it too has to do with the fact that you could put out a lot of different versions of these games um, at, in the early 2000s because gaming was developing so fast you know, like a 2003 right. game looks completely different from a 2006 game. Mm-hmm. Where today, a 2017 game and 2020 game, they look very similar, right? Yeah. Like there's not a whole yeah. lot that's changed. Mm-hmm. But because technology was just developing so fast for in the gaming industry, um, that the differences between developers, publishers, and years was just massive, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there, mm-hmm. there was that's a space point. for that. So the gameplay probably was different enough in all these different games you mean because you know it was evolving so quickly exactly and i think it was the customization too that really kept people sticking around with uh like being able to uh start your own franchise you know having a dynasty mode where you're playing you have a team for 120 years and and picking payroll but if you were a console owner outside of the gamecube space and you had a ps2 let's say you had more choices where there was also the bigs which I owned on PS2 yeah. actually back in the day. My parents got me that game because I think my mom had a friend. My mom's friend's son helped develop the bigs. So I got that game for, for Easter or Christmas me, or something. Me too. Yeah. It was yeah. Uh, you, both our mom's friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They wanted yeah. to support them. So they got us this game. And that game was a bit more arcadey, I remember it being. Like when you'd hit an out of the park home run, the ball caught fire. <laughs> so that was on. I had that actually for the Wii, funny enough. Oh, okay. I, and I remember getting that game. It was good. I, yeah, Jed, do you have memories of the Bigs? Yeah, uh, probably more so than any other baseball game. I played oh. the Bigs one on my friend's Xbox 360, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And then I owned the Bigs two and the Wii myself. Bigs one, probably better. I uh, I messaged you before the podcast, Mike, just kind of comparing like Tony Hawk Underground to skateboarding is kind of what the Bigs is to baseball. Mm. Just like yeah. borderline between a realistic game and an arcade game. Yeah. It's a little yeah. bit wacky. The players are also massive. Yeah. Like when you look at them, like they're all players. Yeah. yeah, they're all steroided. I really the gameplay is so fun though. Like the mm-hmm. the movement of the pitches coming in is like very exaggerated on what a real life pitch would be. You know, like you have to, you know, it takes actual skill to get used to timing your swing and everything, and um, you know, using all your power ups on very unrealistic power ups yeah. at the right time. I remember I I had a friend over one day to play the bigs, and this guy like had only ever really played the show before. Mm. So he was like, okay, this is probably going to be the same thing. (laughs) And then we start playing, you know, like he hits a foul ball and my catcher jumps on top of the dugout and catches it. Or like he hits like what should be a double in the gap and my center fielder throws him out of first base. Just like (laughs) just rage quits, throws the controller, not playing this anymore. (laughs) They only only made two bigs, right? Two of those ones? I I think so. Uh It must have been right around the time that 2K Interactive was getting the licensing rights for MLB, right? 
Yeah, and, and it, well, it, I think the base is being made by 2K. Oh, was it? I'm pretty I sure. I didn't do as much research on that one. So they were yeah. really pumping out baseball games. Yeah, because it was a separate studio who was making the bigs, and it didn't sell that well, mm. uh, if I remember correctly, and that's why they, they stopped making it. It's it's too bad because it's funny. When I first got that game, I thought it was terrible. Uh, I was similar <laughs> to your friend, Jed, in the fact that I had come from MVP Baseball 2005 and you know 2006, I guess, was when the bigs came out, or 2007. Uh, and I played that and I was like, this is so different. What the hell? This is not yeah. what I, I have signed up for. But then I and played it years later uh, and I had a, a renewed appreciation for it. I was like, oh, wow, this this is actually what I would want to do in a baseball game. Like, mm-hmm. I, I like this, like, zaniness, you know. I don't need just a sim all the time. Yeah, that's fair. And I didn't have the MVP to compare it to, so that's probably why I had better memories of it. For sure. Mm-hmm. I. I definitely think Bigs 1 was better than Bigs 2. Mm-hmm. I, f- I think they went a little too arcadey in the Bigs 2, and, like, you couldn't, you know, almost no strategy. Like, any any hit could be a home run or a <laughs> pop-out, you know what I mean? Like, so you guys are just, like, Superman diving across the field and making <laughs> unbelievable plays. That's what I remember, the Superman dives. Mm-hmm. I, I remember yeah. doing that and just thinking, like, this is stupid. <laughs> but it's a fun – it's like arguing yeah. with the umpires, yeah. though. It's a fun part of baseball it that needs, needs to be in there. It only happens, like, once a season or, like, on a team. It doesn't happen every game, but it's just funny to watch. Like, when someone does a crazy dive to catch a, a high, high line drive into outfield, like, it's just a really fun part of baseball yeah. to watch. I think the biggest as a franchise is pretty underappreciated, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I remember on the on the Xbox at least version, um, if you're say if you're an outfielder jumping the fence to try to catch a home run, they throw a bunch of buttons on the screen and you have to hit it in the right sequence to make the catch. <laughs> Whereas on on the Wii, it's just like swing your remote left, right, left, right. right, and you could you could pretty much just shake your remote and it's gonna say, okay, that was correct. <laughs> Unless your Wiimote turns off when you're halfway through. Ah, uh, motion controls. <laughs> yeah, who could forget? I think now's probably a good time to ask, though, about the, the future of baseball games and consoles in general, is that we, we have the simulation games now, like with the show. I think that that's probably going to continue for years to come, especially now that it's on multiple platforms. It's just going to reach mm-hmm. that much more of an audience every year. Do you guys see the arcade baseball games coming back, like the bigs, or... I'm trying to think of another example here. Slugfest. Um, Slugfest. Yeah, thank you. Um, just, I know we have RBI Baseball, which is still trying to be a little bit more of a sim baseball game than an arcade game. Do you think that we'll ever see those types of games return, or do you think that we're doomed for a future of just the show every year? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. Have you guys played Tap Baseball? It's just like a mobile app. No, no. It's actually not terrible. It's you only bad. You don't play like the defensive side, but sure. they've put out new versions of the game for the last three or four years, hmm. and it's always updated rosters. You start from nothing. You can like get better and better and build your team up and stuff like that. It's actually pretty fun, and that that's probably at least short term. Well, as close as we'll get to another arcade game. I think baseball mini games are definitely here to stay. Like seeing. I'd love to see Mario Baseball come back, actually. Now that we're talking about it, Mario yeah. Baseball needs to come back. We haven't seen that since the GameCube generation. That would be the perfect, uh, perfect time for Mario Baseball yeah. to, to come back, especially now that we're not getting the uh, now that we're not getting the show on Switch. Perfect timing, um, Mike. What are your thoughts? Do you think that we'll see other than app app games are good? Like I, I think that having a hitting, uh, I guess a home run contest sort of game works great for phones and casual markets, but do you think that we'll ever see anything that's like a full baseball game that also ties in that NHL hits arcadey nature to it? I think, so my prediction is that MVP baseball will come back. 
I'm like mm. 90% sure that that's going to happen. Uh, one, because of the PS rights have been expired for the show. And clearly MLB is getting a little looser with those licensing. So I think EA is going to try and pick up baseball again. Um, <sighs> That'd and, be huge. And, you know, this isn't just me speculating. This is EA actually saying this. So there's they've been quoted quite a few times. SVP Cam Weber he said the company would love to add a baseball game to its portfolio. And he said that multiple times in interviews in like on, on its website. Like it's, so it's, it's not like it's like a fan theory. It's something that is definitely out in the open. I think it's just goes boils down to money and licensing. Um, and just how long 2k is willing to shell out to have that license. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or I guess whoever it is now, but um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that it's going to have, especially now with the NCAA coming back, I know it's different, different sport and everything, but mm-hmm. EA willingly doing NCAA again, uh, that just shows me that they're willing to invest in these games that weren't massive market games uh, for sports games, at least, but were still extremely popular in um, in a niche market, I guess. Mm-hmm. I would love to see Mario Baseball come back. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. EA's Mario Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think if we can get 2K putting out the show once a year, EA also putting out their baseball game every year with MVP 2005 or MVP 2005 MVP baseball every other year every year if they want to then we have two competing baseball games I think that's enough and then we have yeah. Mario baseball with every Nintendo console generation <laughs> top notch I think that's perfect I mean with Toadstool 2 with like Mario Golf coming back this year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's a it's, and Mario Tennis two years ago I, I say it's a pretty good chance that Mario baseball comes back We'll see. The Mario sports need to come back full swing right now. No pun intended. <laughs> nice. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right, Judd, is there anything else you would like to say about uh, 2K or anything, any baseball games in general before we let you go? Um, I think that's it for baseball games. One comment, though, oh. uh, I just want to make. I believe it was just your last episode, episode 50. Uh, you gave the shout out that you were assuming all 14 of your PEI downloads were from my family. <laughs> yeah. I just want to confirm that you are correct. <laughs> Thank you. And, and, um, and I'm hoping that we get another, you know, three or four after this episode. This is going to bump up our numbers. That's terrific. <laughs> yeah, if, if you could get your PEI family to tell the rest of, uh, of Atlantic Canada to, to push it up there. I think New Brunswick only has one, Neil. So we got a... One person living in New Brunswick. That's correct. all right thanks so much jed for coming on and i'm sure we will see you again very soon awesome thanks guys take care man take care what a nice young man what a nice young man thank you jed for coming on sharing your insights about uh 2k baseball and just the future of baseball games uh in general on nintendo consoles um Mm -hmm. yeah neil i hope i really think mvp baseball is coming back that's that's my that's my prediction we'll listen back to this episode in a couple years and when it's real. When it's real, we can say that we willed it into existence. When you said MVP Baseball coming back uh, in terms of EA getting the licensing rights back, I got a little excited about that. Just thinking that even though EA, like I said, they already have a, almost a minor, almost a monopoly on, on all the sports games, I think that they did baseball the best. And by mm-hmm. the time we got to talking about Major League Baseball 2K6 today, it felt like we had talked about all there was to talk about with baseball games from this generation. <laughs> it's true. They've done all they can do. But... I think it's obvious that from this uh, batch of games today that we're covering, the game that we recommend most would be uh, MVP Baseball 2005. Um, I don't even have a, a runner-up really to, to recommend people. <laughs> no, list. That's just that's go go pick that out. It's twenty-five dollars, pricey mm-hmm. for a sports game, but it's worth it. 
so that you can go and charge the the um, <laughs> charge the uh, the mount. <laughs> Pricey for a sports game, but cheap for a GameCube game. Yes, very true. Yeah, like true. most of the games that we talk about that we recommend picking up, it's like yeah, you're gonna have to drop a hundred bucks to get Wind Waker, but it's worth it. This mm-hmm. one is very much a good baseball game. If you like baseball, yeah, I would say it's it's good to have on your shelf uh, for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely, definitely. So, Mike, why don't you let the listeners know what they can expect to hear next week on episode 46 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. Well, on episode 46, we will be talking about Pokemon and Digimon games. Ooh. Now, don't get your hopes up too much. We're not talking about Pokemon Coliseum or Gale of Darkness. Hmm. We are talking about the other quote-unquote games yeah. <laughs> that came out yep. for the GameCube, and that is Pokemon Channel and Pokemon Box, Ruby and Sapphire. Mm-hmm. We're also going to be talking about uh, Digimon games, Rumble Arena, and War- uh, Digimon World 4, because we felt that <laughs> it tied in well with the... Uh, I didn't want to spend an hour and a half on Pokemon Channel. So. No. Uh, <laughs> and we wanted to give Pokemon Coliseum and Gale of Darkness their own uh, episodes because those are much bigger Pokemon games. Yes. And we wanted to, you know, obviously Digimon and Pokemon, they're not the same franchise, but they were tied very closely tied together. Uh, even back then in the 2000s, people who liked Pokemon liked Digimon. Some people who liked Digimon didn't like Pokemon, but we don't talk about those guys. And Neil, do you know why we're doing it that week? No. Why are we doing it that week? Because Pokemon Snap, the new Pokemon Snap, what you've been waiting for for 21 years, Neil, is coming out. (laughs) Oh my God. I can't believe it's finally here. I hope it lives up to the hype. I mean, high expectation, I guess, is another word for it. I'm just excited to talk about Pokemon. I mean, like it took us 44 episodes to get to Zelda. Now it's taken us almost 50 episodes to get to Pokemon, which is wild for a Nintendo theme podcast. So mm-hmm. it'll be fun to just talk about our memories around Pokemon generally uh, as well, which we'll get into. Mike and I, we both played, I, I played never Pokemon Stadium. <laughs> I, I Never heard of it. What is that? I played Pokemon Stadium on N64 a ton as a kid. So not, did I. That's the not, good one N64 oh, game I played a lot. <laughs> so good. And Pokemon Snap on N64 and the Game Boy mm-hmm. games and the cards. So it's going to be a, a really good memory highway trip for us. So that'll be a ton of fun. Oh, for sure. Yep, but until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to episode 45 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the podcast services. Leave us ratings and reviews so we can make the show better. If you want to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. Follow us on Instagram at the GameCube Pod. Share us with your friends and family. Tell George Steinbrenner that Mike <laughs> says hi. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. Castanza! Get me that calzone, Castanza. <laughs>